everybody and welcome to the South Summit podcast. South Summit is a platform that accelerates the global entrepreneurial community. And here's a space where we get to go deep with some of the thought leaders from that industry discussing the trends and the technology that are shaping our world today. I'm Liz Fleming and I'll be guiding you through some of these conversations. Very excited for you to join us. Today we have with us Andrea Constantinescu, Managing Partner at Planet First Partners, one of the leading growth equity climate tech focused funds in Europe based out of London. This fund are looking at food transformation systems, emission reduction, ocean technology, and had even invested in our own Submar, who's a finalist in previous editions of South Summit. We hope you enjoy this conversation led by our very own Elena Diaz Fuentes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to South Summit Podcast. This is your host, Helena Diez Fuentes, or Helen Ten Fountains in English, if you wish. And along with the co-founder of Cloud District and our producer, Jaime Serrano, we are thrilled to chat with our next guest. She is Andrea Constantinescu, a Romanian-born investor with an amazing story. From Goldman Sachs in M&A, the dark side, she moved into climate tech investments, where since 2020, she's managing partner at Planet First Partners. Welcome, Andrea. How are you? Very happy to be here in Madrid with you, Helena and team and can't wait to share my story. Well, we are looking forward to listening to it because you have a fantastic story of transition that you say you love uh, stories of transition and yours is one of them. But first, tell us a bit more about Planet First Partners, although the name says it all, but uh, give us a bit more details. Um, We are very, very passionate about enabling and accelerating the transition and our contribution is um, via investing in Series B, C and D companies. Um, based in Europe um, primarily, but also uh, Israel and and the US. Uh, We are based in London, and um, we are um, a mix of uh, all sorts of backgrounds, nationalities, um, and specialties, I would say, uh, reflecting the the necessity of bringing a multidisciplinary approach uh, to the scale-up of um, climate technologies. our focus is, is really um, around companies that fit the Article 9 uh, mandate that the European Union has put in place. So companies that make a substantial contribution uh, to environmental um, goals. And your, your claim, which I love, and it's so simple but so challenging and difficult, is better for the planet, better for the people. So obviously that says it all. Uh, I also read that your intention is to foster a healthier life on a healthier planet. You're going to tell us a bit more about that uh, in a minute. But first, uh, as I was saying, you love stories of transition. You've been in several sides of the table. You always had a passion for the environment that stems from the ocean. Tell us a bit more about that. Why the ocean? What connects you to it? What's your um, commitment to protecting the ocean? Where does it come from? And what makes the ocean in particular as significant in shaping that commitment? So there's so many ways to answer this question, um, and more, more and more ways uh, pop up in my mind. But I will start with the idea that really the, the, the water and, and the ocean to me is, uh, embeds very intuitively the idea of circularity. And it connects all of us, all the continents, all the species. Um, and it's, it's so tangible. You all see it, and we all, we all really interact with it on a daily basis. And so for me, it's just really profoundly intertwined with, um, with that 
um, union continuity and and connectivity um, that that we're looking to foster. Um, on 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 some other other levels, I, I just find myself in nature. You know, as I mentioned, or as you've mentioned, um, I've I've had a career full of very intense um, roles, and so nature was always um, the place where I, I really um, managed to connect deeper with myself. And water surfing, diving, uh, swimming, sailing in every single form um, sort of brought me back to that awe of of being alive. And so really um, connect with that. And also I recently found that water is older than the sun. Um, so, you know, there has to be something in that. <laughs> Maybe you were a fish in your previous life. <laughs> Indeed. Who knows? <laughs> Um, Andrea, um, I read on your website, which is lovely, by the way, uh, the executive chairman and managing partner as well as you, uh, your colleague, he said that he believes Europe is the ideal place to build businesses that are better for the world. Why? Why that? Why Europe? And why now? Is it we're experiencing a, a, an interesting moment in this, in this sense? What's happening? And Absolutely. And look, I think in, in a way it's probably cultural uh, to some extent. Um, but, you know, th that is probably a, a longer conversation. Um, more tangibly, why we think that climate uh, is an area where Europe can claim leadership um, on a global um, scene is as a result of all of the regulatory and policy uh, leadership at European uh, Union level. And so I would say that the, the European Union coming out with the sustainability taxonomy with Article 9 with um, SFDR, which is a regulation that also informs how finance can play a role into this transition um, and making sure that greenwashing is uh, not prevalent and, and so on. That was really the catalyst, um, in our thinking at least, to um, start a fund in this area that can benefit from all of these tailwinds that Europe uh, is, is uh, uh, putting in place. Uh, you, you divide, uh, Planet First, you divide your investments like in four main categories, let's say, like the green cities, energy transition, uh, um, farm to fork, and uh, industry 4.0, is that correct? In this sense, uh, you, you've already exemplified your commitment towards the, um, the planet with green cities, energy, energy transition in a way, but what innovative, innovative endeavors can we expect from the future of farm to fork and industry 0.0? Indeed, uh, we are structured uh, as such. Um, in the two areas where we haven't yet made an investment, uh, which is Farm to Fork and Industry 4.0, we're very hard at work, and we have been. Um, I will start with Farm to Fork and food systems more broadly. Obviously, uh, an area that is touching everybody's lives, a huge part of the economy, uh, and also hugely polluting. And so here, um, we really have um, a very broad focus where we go all the way from genomics um, to agriculture technology, um, all the way to alternative protein brands. And so really the, the continuum of, of farm to fork, or maybe lab to fork, we should have said, because genomics sometimes starts in the lab. And so to give you more um, tangible examples, uh, we looked at um, genomics that make higher quality proteins uh, for the end use and alternative proteins, for example. There are quite a lot of um, issues that we find that um, hold back the adoption of, of alternative meats. Uh, and they have to do actually with designing, or they could be addressed by designing a better protein um, to, to begin with. Uh, and, and so, you know, 
as our peers and as the industry overall has invested in alternative means and consumers have stepped in uh, showing their commitment uh, to, to make a change in their diets, uh, we believe that the entire value chain is really investable and attractive and we're working hard at um, identifying the, the right founders that are ready for scale up. This sounds fascinating and, and so interesting. And you, obviously, you were in Spain at South Summit in Madrid, but uh, and you have a quite a close relationship to Spain. You invest in Spanish uh, companies, startups as well, uh, in the whole of Europe. But in this in this way, with with you just uh, mentioned uh, all these opportunities, how would this shape the landscape of sustainable development in Spain? In your in your from your experience and in your opinion, so we see ton of very interesting companies coming out of Spain. Um, sometimes they are a bit early for us to invest in, so more seed series A. Um, but I think the ecosystem of early stage investors here in Spain is doing an excellent job identifying the, the, the really great founders, great technologies. So we are very keen to continue our, and leaning into, into Spain. Uh, we made our second investment in the entire fund in a company called Submer. Uh, we've been working um, you know, shoulder to shoulder with them, um, and very happily so, because I'm a huge fan of Barcelona and, and Spain more, more broadly, so it's always a pleasure. Um, and we think that the, um, the entire four verticals that we're looking at is going to be very investable in Spain uh, in, in the long term. Yeah, for those entrepreneurs that are listening to uh, to you, and I'm thinking, oh, uh, I might be uh, eligible for for investment, as uh, Andrea was mentioning. You don't do pre-seed or seed as Series A, but you go much in a, a growth um, stage. We might talk about it later, but everything is on the website. But in this sense, uh, tell us a bit more about Submer. How does it contribute to the Spanish ecosystem? How can we learn from from such an incredible experience and uh, the, the job they do? So I think it's a great uh, case study with, um, with a set of um, entrepreneurs that were very bold. Um, they're really, um, let's say, opening up um, what is called open computing. Uh, basically this idea that um, air is no longer capable of cooling um, data centers. Uh, we, we're holding back Moore's law, frankly. Um, and so uh, one of them having had an experience of starting a company and a data center from his own bedroom uh, during university and successfully exiting to, to Telefonica, uh, doesn't get better than, than that, right? Very, very young, very brilliant uh, founders. Um, Mundi Ventures identified them, uh, found them when, when they were quite early in their development and got them to a point where um, they built a product, they had a technology that worked, um, they were very present and had also a very strong brand name in the entire value chain. And they were uh, in the right place for a partner like part Planet First Partners to come in and really um, back them not only with capital, um, but with um, the expertise of how do you take um, a business from, from that stage to, to global domination, as I like to say. Um, and so we, we really rolled up the sleeves uh, alongside the existing shareholders and try to um, enable them grow the team, first of all. Um, and so this is uh, in the context of, of Spain. I think it's a very attractive, attractive um, geography to bring uh, additional team members that can bring global expertise uh, and just harness this, this entire ecosystem. Um, so they, they um, you know, to, to their own success, they brought in a lot of 
people to complement their own skill sets and sometimes from outside of Spain, sometimes from Spain, building a great top tier uh, team and now in a position to go from, you know, having started uh, in, with, with a bath in their own uh, backyard to partnering up with the largest hyperscalers in the world, um, such as Microsoft and Amazon, uh, via strong um, co-development with Intel. And so we're talking really about uh, a team of founders that is playing at the top-notch global level. Excellent, excellent. Well, you can hear, we can make it. Uh, it's just a question of having a great team, hard work, and uh, great partners like you. In, in and, and a great mission. And sorry a great, well, a great sorry mission. to jump yeah. in there, Which, but a really great mission that well, we're all behind. Uh, first partner, uh, for Planet First, you only, uh, you only one of the, the requisites you look at is, is the mission of the company, first of all. Now, you have some, uh, uh, you have to tick several boxes, but one, uh, probably the most important is that, is that one. Now, what is the mission of that company or that startup you look Looking at yeah, if it, it, it goes along with your philosophy, um, just tell us. Then let's bring out the, the crystal ball and uh, tell us what are the underdogs uh, areas in climate tech that we can maybe see exact, exciting potential for investment and growth. Give us a few. Let's see if you can feel, see the future or the more trending. Well, we have areas. to build the future, <laughs> not just to see it. And uh, this is really our job to, to to enable the future and to enable the transition. And so, um, so what I, are you looking for? What would you like to see in that are uh, arena that you'd like to invest? I'm lacking uh, this kind of uh, companies. And indeed, so we're actually focusing on the least sexy parts of of the value chain um, that really need to be addressed uh, fundamentally because we think that the the more um, let's say, consensual parts of, of the transition, such as the uh, really branded products, for example, and alternative protein have been well addressed by more generalist funds. So we're looking at the value chain. Um, likewise, in, you know, we haven't uh, touched uh, earlier, but in Industry 4.0, we're spending a lot of time, for example, in cement. Um, it is very sexy. <laughs> exactly. Now you understand what I mean. Uh, I, I usually have like a hard hat on most of the time that I do uh, site visits. Uh, but this is really what excites us. It's the really hard, nasty parts of the um, economy that we're looking to decarbonize. And so this is why we started with hydrogen, um, because we're looking to, to decarbonize um, steel manufacturing, ammonia manufacturing, um, long haul flight in, in the long term things that are challenging, um, not only technological, um, but also just the scale that's needed to really make a dent, uh, but also have the potential to address the most uh, polluting aspects of the economy. So likewise, cement is, is one of those areas. There are many technological approaches. And what we're really looking for, and, and what uh, I believe that we've found, um, we're about to announce a, a deal in the space, is something that is highly scalable um, and you know has not um, put into market, let's say, or their go-to-market does not necessitate a massive change in behavior of the entire value chain, uh, because this is usually where the barriers to adoption lie. So we're trying to look for technological solutions that can ultimately plug and play with existing value chains in order to really have um, a clear pathway 
to adoption and obviously to decarbonizing these sectors. It's very clear and um, somebody has to do it. So there you go. Before I pass you on to uh, Jaime, our producer, for those two last surprise questions, I just want to, well, we're at South Summit in Madrid. I know you arrived very late last night. You have to travel to Barcelona to see uh, Submer uh, tonight uh, or tomorrow. Tomorrow you are celebrating your birthday. So happy birthday already in advance. Uh, we know why you're here. We know why we wanted an interview with you in the podcast, why we wanted you in South Summit. You are a super top uh, investor in, in London, uh, very important for, for us. But why, why are you here? Why are you getting from the summit? What would you like to take? And what is the uh, ultimate reason? Look, I'm, I'm always, first of all, inspired. Um, coming together with founders, uh, with other investors, um, and you know, all of the, I, I guess we have a multiplicity of regulators, policymakers, people in the media. I mean, this is really what ignites my, my passion for this. And it really takes um, a whole village to, to enable this uh, transition, uh, given that's, that's, that's all of our mission here today. Um, so that's firstly the, the reason. There's just such great energy in, in, in South Summit every, every year. Um, secondly, I think it's a really great opportunity to connect with um, uh, you know, the, the ecosystem in Spain, but also covering um, not just Spain, but all of Southern Europe, I would say. Um, and it's really comprehensive. Uh, and I can always um, confirm that I would only want to spend more time here because um, I, I always feel that I'm just barely scratching the surface. And so you have my commitment that next year, uh, this year, I've, uh, last year I came alone. This year I came with uh, my colleague Tosca, who is um, yes, he's roaming the, the floors. Yeah. And next year I hope that we double down and um, bring also our sustainability team and maybe one more uh, person from my, our investment team. Excellent. Well, that's a deal. And we have a lot of uh, people listening, so you can't change your mind. And you know that one South Summit, always South Summit, so we'll be so happy to, to have you here because you are part of the family. I'm just going to pass you on to Jaime because he has a couple of questions for you to finish this uh, chat. This thank you, Helena. And thank you, Andrea. It's great to have you in here. And as Helena just said, yeah, I'm afraid we're on the record with your commitment for next year. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to ask you first a question from Jack Hidri, our previous guest. Uh, he's the CEO of Sandbox IQ. And his question is, how do we interact with governments to understand the revolution that's happening? How do we engage them? How we can have a productive, productive nonpartisan conversation? Uh, Jack is specialized in quantum artificial intelligence, so I guess that's the revolution he's mentioning, but uh, I guess you can broaden up the question if you need to. Yeah, well, we are living a revolution as well, so in that sense, uh, and he was also mentioned not from a political point of view, but more from, I get a... a conversation. Yeah, how would you engage governments? How do you... Absolutely. I'm happy. I mean, uh, again, I only wish we had more time because one of the areas that we spent tremendous amount of time last year and, and continuing to do so this year is the entire energy system. Um, there is a green revolution with everybody putting solar PV um, on their on their rooftops. And so this distributed PV, uh, as announced by the IEA report that just came out, I think, on Monday, basically, um, they revised up their um, forecast with um, a 30% growth in PV, uh, largely the, the biggest biggest chunk of growth in their forecast um, came from distributed PV. So it actually really involves people like um, you and I and, and small companies uh, really um, adopting this technology. And this actually makes everyone into a producer um, of, of electricity. 
uh, and obviously this drives the entire electrification of the home. And so we're really moving to a, a space where we're going to have heat pumps, uh, PV on our rooftops, and then we're going to have a charger um, for, for our electric car. This really transforms the grid on both sides. And obviously this is very much tied to the government and regulation and so on. And so nothing that that we do in this uh, area of energy transition can be done without a very strong regulatory backbone. And so various countries in Europe have um, different level of commitment, subsidies, support, incentivization, incentivization of, of such schemes, but it is really all enabled by that. And so um, really we, we've seen this um, support as a massive um, catalyzer for everything that's happening right now. And in other industries, it, it should be the same. Um, so I guess I would, uh, I would suggest to take a, a cue from what's happening on that side. Um, and again, we can be even very, very tangible with examples be beyond subsidies. We also have gas boilers being banned. And so this will really drive the, the adoptions of heat pumps more tangibly. I mean, so we're not talking about uh, nebulous ideas of how this is coming together. There are very clear uh, timelines to decarbonizing this. And again, that, I think this is a good case study to looking um, at other industries and how they can engage with, with governments um, and, and lean on them to catalyze or at least provide tailwinds um, to, to their own sectors. So it's doable. Absolutely. It's doable. It's happening. It's happening. Thank you, Andrea. <laughs> That's great. And very quickly, and this is the curveball, uh, can you give us a question from our next guest? Whatever you want to this ask. This is an open question an open on question. any topic. The um, general question probably is an investor or an entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur. Something that bugs you or that you maybe can, somebody else can give us the answer you're looking for? So my mantra is that everyone can make a contribution uh, to this transition. And I, I stand as an example to that because as, as you've um, kicked us off, Elena, earlier, I have transitioned from the dark side of investment banking to fully into climate tech. And so I would challenge um, all of your guests, not just the, the next, um, next one, on thinking how they can make a contribution today. Oh, that's a good one. That's fantastic. To the point, but a difficult one. Yeah. Andrea Constantinescu, it's been a real pleasure having you here, knowing that you are on a run from London, Madrid, Barcelona, celebrating your birthday in the meantime. But it's been a pleasure, and as you said, we're looking forward to seeing you here next year. Thank you Muchísimas so much. Muchísimas gracias. A ti. Hasta pronto. Ciao. Bye-bye. Wow, it's amazing to see such effort and such volumes of capital going into this space, which really needs it. And what an incredible market opportunity. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back soon with more thought leadership ideas from the world of tech and entrepreneurship.